My name is Cormac Mahali and I am Artistic Director of Circus Factory. You're familiar to a lot of people as one half of Lords of Strut, but long before that you were um, a, a geeky young fella on the streets of Cork. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you because yeah. we're not of exactly the same age, but we're kind of like yeah. in spheres. Cork was tiny then. It still is. I yeah. mean, like it's. I mean, they've extended the boundary out to Ballincolling, but really, it's the same size. Yeah, like there's not more um, uh, multicultural people here. You know, yeah. uh, Apple is bringing lots of people. But yeah, I started busking on the streets of Cork around two thousand and one. I think it was after I did circus school, and I've had an unusual experience in the last maybe year, year and a half of people coming up going. I remember you yeah. and I haven't busked since 2016 because once I did Britain's Got Talent with Lords of Strut I went not nah, can't do, nah, I can't be that guy from the telly now busking in town and I think that was it actually coincided with the first year of Pitched so while I say I don't go out in the street busking like I used to yeah I'm now running a festival where I'm bringing all this kind of stuff to the streets of Cork it's a funny one like for busking I remember as a teenager coming in town and seeing a guy call Loco Brusco and going, wow, this is amazing. What was he doing? I think he's a Moroccan and his big trick was a side somersault over three volunteers. Wow. Is that difficult to do? Can you do that? No, God, no. <laughs> I can't really do acrobatics. I'm a juggler and I can balance on things. And I learned a bit of acrobatics around, you know, Lords of Strut. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I'm, I'm a juggler. We go to our city centres to kind of congregate, not just a shop. If somebody's working a pitch on a regular basis, then it becomes an alive pitch. And I look around the streets of Cork now and they're, it's funny, they're a bit dead. So what's going to bring people in? Mm. You know, um, this is only once a year. I used to go busking every, every week. And I think that I didn't realise how much of an impact I was having at that time. You know, now people come back to me years later going, I remember you. And I was up in, what was it, the Bellevue? This is the weirdest one. It, was, it only happened last April up there in the back room and this woman dragged me out she just kind of reached in, dragged me out of the back room. I was like, you're the guy, you're the guy who busked in town. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, you had my daughter on your shoulders on a unicycle. And she proceeded <laughs> to pull out pictures of her daughter. And it must have been like 2007. Yeah. Because that was the old, that was the short period of time I was doing that character on the street. Then she WhatsApped her. <laughs> She's in her 20s. <laughs> you know, so... You know, I learned my trade on the street, busking, and I did it. And that's why I do like street theatre for that. But now I hope I'm doing something a bit different and bringing, bringing a high quality artist to Cork mm. and offering circus and street arts, artists from Ireland an opportunity for a, a stage. Because that's it's also where once I started getting half decent on the street, once I got put on festival stages, I blossomed. You know, once you're put on the right stage, and that's what I, yeah, that's what I hope with this festival. Was it a hard thing to start? Because like not busking, like for a musician, busking is you know you you have your songs and you go out and you're kind of behind your instrument and you know <laughs> and you're doing a thing. Some buskers can be quite withdrawn, you know, musical mm. buskers and stuff like that. But like, what kind of a kid were you? Were you were you really outgoing? Uh, yeah, or did yeah. it come naturally to you to just kind of go on the street and, and start kind, doing these Kind things? of. I was always a little performer, as my, my brother was saying to me recently, like, what age? I knew you were a performer at the age of three, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But it's not easy as well. Like, I initially, as a teenager, when I dropped out of school, I was like, I wanted to be a comedian, but I had no idea how to do it. Then I went to circus school. And when I first started trying to street perform... That was in Belfast, Yeah, it was in Belfast, yeah. When I first started street perform, I couldn't do it. I was, it's like... Um, and then there was a few things that I kind of got past it. One was if I started, 
right? And I had no microphone this time, I didn't have the money, not even a trolley to carry my bag around. <laughs> um, if somebody came up to talk to me, I would get so deflated because my voice would be really loud and then suddenly somebody come up talking to me and you'd like, all the energy it took to start would just be deflated. Mm. So I started getting used to starting a show. I wouldn't stop, I wouldn't let myself fall. Yeah. And then the other big thing was I went to visit my sister in New Zealand in 2001. I was struggling and I went out with less equipment and I used my friend's um, trick, which was three fire clubs, do some tricks, talking, trying to do jokes and stuff. And then the, the big finale was, sorry, did I just burp into the microphone? That's okay. I'm <laughs> not going to edit that out. All right, Jack. Okay. <laughs> to throw one fire club up in pirouette because it's all about learning the craft of stopping people, keeping people, and then convincing people that what you're going to do is really hard. So that really helped because I had to go out there without the high unicycle and just with the fire clubs. And, and also, I was not embarrassed by anybody possibly seeing me. Because <laughs> you're you, in a different place. Different, different place. Like I tried in Cork and I was struggling. I was getting a little bit decent or not decent. Like I was getting past some of my fears. But yeah, I think that was a big jump as well. And then just it's just doing it. And uh, another big change for me was uh, having a child. You were quite young, right? When you were... and I was 23. Yeah. So when I was my, you know, when I was just turned 23 and child on the way, I'm like, I have to do this. I got on back to back to work off the dole. Workshops had dried up because of insurance at the time. And I just went all out performing. Like a lot of people, you know, when their child comes and they're like, I really have to knuckle down. Like they go to work in an office or something, but you knuckle down by doing more circuits. Yeah. Like, yeah that's brilliant. Kind of like that's what I went to college for. There was like, it's the fastest growing art form in, in the country at the moment. And this is 20 years on, I've seen a huge progression in it, you know. That's what I wanted to ask you about, because at the time, Belfast was the only place on the island of Ireland where you could go to do that. Is that correct? When you went... of like, it's a community circus school that started in yeah. 85. Through that, they were getting more and more cross-border projects and they needed to train up more tutors around social circus. That was the course. It was a one-off course. They haven't done it again since. They did something similar in 2012, but it was a part-time course. So essentially, no, there's no real schools in Ireland. We're running a three-month course in September, and this is going to be like the first time there's been that length of, length of a course mm. since Belfast. It wasn't recognised as an art form until 2006, so there was no funding available. And they also when you say recognised as an art form, how does that look? Arts Council. The Arts Council. Arts Council, in, in, in that kind of thing. It's like dance, theatre, visual arts, music, circus wasn't there. Circus, street arts and spectacle are all lumped together. They're still, all now still, there. still. I think they might be separated because, and this pitch to circus and street arts, because for me, you can do circus anywhere, but there is quite a lot of circus on the streets, but you also don't need to have circus in a street theatre piece. There's a really good show this uh, year called From Tourist Theatre, and I'm really looking forward to that. It's, quite, it's about um, displacement and migration. And I think it's going to be, they made it a couple of years ago, and I think it's going to be really apt for what's going on at the moment, you know. Mm. Um, and I don't expect it'll be, it'll be a beautiful, it probably will be funny because one of the guys is in it is hilarious, but it's not, it's not a comedy show, let's say. Yeah. yeah. So is that more on the kind of street theatre end yeah. of things and away from the circus? Oh, completely. What's the There's definition a... of circus anyway? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I like to call it the art of showing off, you know. <laughs> Um, it's it's it, circus is very close to dance. Like the opening show we have this year, it's in a collaboration between ourselves and the Everyman, and it's presented at uh, Dance Cork Fork and Crane. 
and it's a juggling movement show. Wow, what's yeah. that called? The Tea Time Company's A Matter of Time. I saw it last year and she's Irish and then there's a Dutch guy and a Belgian guy and they all met at circus school in, in Tilburg in the Netherlands yeah. and they've, this is their second full show, I think. Maybe they might have more. They're still quite a young company but I saw it last year in Trilly and I love it. I'm going to be going boat nights. Not because I have to, but because I love juggling and I think I'll be able to see more stuff in it. But it's that thing of going, is it dance? What is it essentially like, yeah. you know? Because sometimes you go to trad circus, which is all, you can't see my hands right now, but I'm doing like jazz <laughs> hands. You know, it's all glitz and glamour and big smiles and big teeth and big show. And contemporary circus, you can sometimes go really dark. Like our uh, associate artist, Lucy Smokes, their show at the midsummer this year called uh, In Rhythms. So dark. Although they're not dark, they were performing at the Lecture Picnic and it was more like a circus space disco <laughs> with lasers <laughs> and techno music. It was very different. Like I'm going, well, okay, they're very dark when they want to be and moody, very like, yeah, and then really light and happy as well. So circus, broad range, a really broad range, I think. That's, oh, that's interesting. You just brought up something there that, that is kind of very marked or something that you can see, which is that there are still these like traditional family circuses touring around and then there's contemporary circus and all of that kind of stuff. How, like, how did that, was, did Cirque du Soleil create that single-handedly or, or what? Why is there this difference between, you know, traditional circus and then kind of contemporary circus that might be a bit more artistically ambitious if it's fair to say um you know yeah, yeah we can say that like so i don't know there's 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 certainly lots of politics and snobbery around what what we're kind of touching on here right yeah so i've ch chatted with charles Fawcett once and he did he was actually integral in getting circus recognized as an art form however they stopped getting funded pretty quickly the traditional circuses don't get funded and I, i'm not sure why yeah, is it that they don't do the same kind of work or they're just not speaking the same language? Or they're just a purely commercial endeavour. I mean, But again, they're, they're not because... So I was had a long conversation with Tara Jabola recently because she couldn't find a location in Cork City to come and bring Jabola here. And like Fawcett's is the oldest traditional circus family in the world. Is that the true? The longest traditional circus family in the world. They were like nearly 150 years. Wow, yeah, I didn't uh, know that. So, like, we have a real rich tradition of traditional circus, but it's seen as, and this is um, an area that we, Galway, have a remit for, and we have, is to bring awareness of what circus is. None of the circuses in Ireland have animals anymore, yet everybody thinks they do. So there's a, there's a picture that it's a certain, a certain thing, and it's not. Like, I, go to, I went to the Fawcett show this year, January, when we were here in January, so in Blackpool. Fantastic show, really good. Otto Fawcett, he's the son, he'll be taking over when Marion leaves. He's hilarious, like he's actually a really good clown. Uh, Gerbola, again, they were hiring aerial artists that I, that I know, up and coming aerial artists. So they're giving work. Now, it's, as she said, it's a lifestyle because there's not a lot of money in it. Yeah. There's not. The costs of going around and they couldn't find a location here because all the prices went up. So they just skipped Cork City. And Cork City also have a ban on animals, so no circus that comes to Cork will have animals. And that also means that there's another, the Courtney's, they've got horses, they're not allowed in Cork. Mm. And they're, they're horses. But we all have a picture that it's lions and giraffes and elephants. Or just people. one really depressed looking elephant. And that, has, that, <laughs> that stopped a long time ago. Yeah. Like, yeah? I think Fawcett's has stopped 20 years ago. Were and you I, ever tempted to run away with the circus yourself in that way of go off and do that whole thing? 
I only the only time I've really lived outside Cork City was when I went to Belfast. And what happened was four other people from that course. I was the youngest in the course, and uh, there was a guy called Andy Goodwin who led the charge to go. Let's go down to Cork and do a, a community circus down here. So I literally went, "What? Okay, we're going back to Cork. Yeah, I know where I can live there, and I've lived here ever since." Now I have toured, but I, I think I'm very homely. Okay, you know? so that whole lifestyle of actually living in a caravan and being on the road all the time. No, I no think that would be too hard. However, what I do like, the ethos, what I do like out of the circus is that everybody works together. Mm. Everybody puts the tent up. Everybody, you know, mucks in like the aerialists will the sell popcorn. the popcorn at the middle. Yeah. There are people here in, in the circus that you just go, they're, they're divas. Like, like, and you're just like, ah. And you stop working with them pretty soon. Either everybody mucks in or pretty quickly you don't. So that's an ethos that uh, I like from the circus. Living in vans, I mean, I did it over the weekend of an electric picnic, you know. There's there's a certain charm to it. Um, and once I suppose once you get into the rhythm of it, you're fine. Like I've toured the world, uh, went down to Australia. I think we counted recently nine tours wow. down to Australia. Carrying a bag that's 30 kilos and you're still trying to go, how do I like sneak away my wash bag somewhere else and put it in afterwards and all of these different things. So there's a lot of touring and Airbnb booking and yeah. It's exciting and exhausting, and I think now I'm in a different phase of my life. <laughs> What's been your favourite country to perform in? Is there somewhere where you were really surprised by how great the reactions were? You sometimes go to one festival and it's fantastic, and you go back again, and it's like, oh, it's it's, it's a slog. You know, like Edinburgh Festival, it's it's relentless. You do 13 nights in a row. as Plus, not only do you do your shows every night, 13 nights in a row, then a day off, and then 13 nights again, you have to go out and flyer your show. Then you'll have to go do spots to promote your show. And then you're looking at the ticket sales and you're going, we're not making enough money here. Oh, God. What am I doing here? Yeah, yeah. Do you know? Now, good opportunities have come out of it. We met some good people, but we also did that classic thing of we lost money. You know, uh, we did lose money in Edinburgh once. and But at other times, we went down to Australia for the fringes down there. We made money. Every, lots of festivals have a different um, uh, things that happen around them. So like uh, a, a special one, I think, was the... Christchurch Festival in 2012. That was a big, it's called a World Buskers Festival. And they I always wanted to do it. And we finally got booked in 2012, but it was less than a year since the earthquake in Christchurch. So the whole city center was like, you could not go into it. So they, where they normally have the festival, they put it abroad into a park. Mm. I remember somebody coming out going, thank you so much. We haven't laughed like that in over a year. That there was a certain vibe to that festival because it hadn't happened. It was the first big, outdoor happy kind of fun international thing that they've done wow we have to talk a little bit about lords of strut so for starters where are lords of strut at now they've gone a little bit quieter recently well pandemic completely shifted everything we were ramping up in we just made a new show with national lampoons we were applying for a touring award i think we even got it in but of course that all stopped keen's built a house up in carlo on his family land uh we just finished another series of body brothers and you know, nobody knew it was going to happen. And look, this is radio, but I've put on some. <laughs> put on <laughs> You're showing me your belly. <laughs> yeah. Um, we have a big project on. We started working with this pop baby after one Edinburgh, actually. And we did Riot with them. We made a family show with them called Absolute Legends that did really well. And Jenny asked us a question. I think it was around 20, 2019 to start the idea of a new show. What would a Lord Strut ensemble show look like? We got a tiny bit of funding just before the pandemic. And then in the pandemic, we started 
dreaming up more what could it look like got some funding to investigate it we did that last year and we have so two shows in the Everyman in February. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. What's it called? It's going to be called A Dream Factory. Kean is currently writing it, This the first draft of script. Now, now the, the process has been really interesting. We've been working with Gary GMC from The Cabin. He came in as musical director, led us in how to create songs. He did a song in a day thing. We had musicians in the room. So it was a collaborative devising week we had. Then from that, we went back into another room for another week around making songs because it's not a musical, but it has songs in it. So the show is a quest narrative around young people's agency around climate crisis. Hmm. It's set in a place called Bally Plastic and the Dream Factory sells you everything you ever need and everything you ever want, but something's obviously wrong there <laughs> somewhere. So it's been a really interesting process and I suppose what would be really interesting for us as well is that we won't be the main characters. We will be the narrators mm. we will be able to jump in as other characters and we have other circus people to do the really good circus that we can't do we've got singers who can sing because we can't sing and <laughs> we've got musicians people to play the music as well you know so yeah we all went into hibernation and this little nugget of lords of strut has just been kind of building slowly in the background so slowly that you can't talk about it as much yeah you know yeah um keen's been uh he started his project ping pong which was at all together now i don't know if you got to see that there as well, the week of the pandemic, um, Circus Factory applied for arts grant. We only got, I can't remember when we got notified, but essentially in that arts grant, I was get, going to be on a three day a week wage. And so suddenly, you know, I'm here in Cork, Circus Factory's here, Keen's up in Carlow. We're not getting to train. We can't, like, spent, I'd say six, nine months without even being in the same room together, you know? Mm. So yeah, things just changed. So Famous Seamus is a little bit of an uptight. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like one of the things that were like so when I've been to the last time I was at one of your shows was with a load of kids and it was just so brilliant because oh, yeah. the kids respond to the like when you're a bit mean to yeah. Kean and he does his big round innocent eyes the kids were like trying to jump into the they were like no you're being mean to yeah. him so there's this kind of like older brother younger brother yeah, kind of you're a bad, bad cop in that in, in yeah. those within I am those. I am the meanie yeah. Yeah. yeah is that is that in any way related to your real life character um, are they are they super exaggerated versions of who the two of you are uh, uh, yes yes and no um, what did somebody say to me recently be careful what you parody <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> because you know you end up becoming that you know and our characters were self-obsessed celebrity wannabes you know you know through doing lots of clown work clown workshops and stuff you 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 try to access areas of you that you can create from and yeah maybe i'm a little bit uptight <laughs> you know um i want them done a certain way like i don't know it like i'm finding at the moment life is all about letting go you know that's really uh, interesting so how do i let go of my certain ideas or the way i first envisioned them like because like the festival that starts in two days, I wrote application for last October. Yeah. And I've been working on it and I picture it this way and I picture it that way. It's just going to be whatever it is. I yeah. have to kind of let it go now and let the rest of the team. I think my job is kind of done except for answering, responding to questions now, you know, because I've programmed it and now I should just like enjoy it. And enjoy it. Yeah. And, well. and yeah. host it and host the artists and spend time with them. So letting go of, of, of the way things 
are, and that, that, that is something that I am not absorbing easy. a huge amount of additional responsibility because <laughs> <laughs> you're the you know artistic director of you know like a festival and the circus factory you know that's that's grown up stuff now. yeah yeah it is yeah. <laughs> I know, yeah. So tell me about what's in this program. I haven't even actually looked at it yet. Can oh, yeah? I look at it now? You I'm, can, yeah. I'll make a, a, a paper opening noise so people yeah, can okay. hear that that's what I'm doing. So we tried... It's a quite, over quite a long period of time, right? Oh, God, yeah. Look, this is the way the... When you're planning and... Oh, God, look. I've... The, ne the next festival deadline is October 6th. So my, my head is a little melted because... I haven't even delivered this one and I have to start thinking about the next one, but I think the format of this will work well out. I'm, I'm going to anchor ourselves off Culture Night um, because that's a Friday night and then Douglas Street Autumn Fest is the following Sunday. We had got Tea Times a Matter of Time booked in and I thought Culture Night was the weekend before, the 17th. Okay. <laughs> and they were unable to move their dates. So suddenly it's spread out over three weekends. The first weekend is a, a show up in Firk and Crane and a workshop by Punch Drunk. Um, Who are Punch Drunk? Punch Drunk, it's Punch Drunk in Richmond, so they're a sister company of Punch Drunk. And people will, might have heard of the show that's in New York called Sleep No More. It's in a hotel, it's an immersive thing. Luke Murphy works with them quite a lot. He's a, dan a dancer. He's a fantastic yeah. dancer, yeah. Um, so they do immersive, sight responsive stuff. So they're coming over to do a workshop on how to create and devise using space. Okay. Our industry program. So that's a workshop. Like not 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 the whole public will want to go to that. You know, it's a limited thing. So we have a show on the first weekend and a workshop. Then we have another residency program midweek, and then it's the big weekend. We're turning our space into a venue. We often do that, but we were able to use the nighttime economy subsidy scheme or whatever the, the stimulus package thing. And we're turning our space into a venue for the Friday, Saturday, Sunday night. So, so that's the late night cabaret. Late night cabaret yeah. on the Friday. Yeah. Then we have a, a round table symposium in the space. Then we've got street shows in the marina and lap ski. So we end up with two locations on the same day, which is grand. But it, so shows, some shows will happen both places, some shows won't. Then we have an Irish premiere of Blame Game, by, uh, no, Cundal Cruise Blame Game. That's in Circus Factory. It's a, it's a collaboration with the Everyman, but they couldn't... They didn't have the space, so it's just happening in our space. Then we have an outdoor fired up cabaret at the Marina Market, followed by a live band in Circus Factory. So it's trying to utilise our space, but you know what? I think I've, uh, I've Eden Ray's our production manager, and I think I've put too much stuff on in one day. All at the same time. <laughs> and then the next day we have, again, a networking brunch, more street shows, a festival gala, and a double bill by Bill and Fred and Bunny Bunny. And then we've the last thing we have is Culture Night and Douglas Street. We are doing something interesting on Culture Night as well with the Nighttime Economy because we had to open for four nights. So we said, let's do a Culture Night because we never actually opened our building on Culture Night because you can't pay, you can't charge anybody. Yeah. Even. Culture Night's a weird night. It's great. Publicity, fantastic. Lots of people on the street, lots of people going to stuff. I passed a hat. I can hat really well. So at the end of our shows on Culture Night outdoors, we'd hat. But thanks to the funding, what we're doing is opening Circus Factory from 10 till midnight and doing Piano Circus. Um, could be a bit like a circus cipher. No. It comes from hip hop world where basically you, you all come together. You're just riffing off each other. Okay, so yeah, yeah, yeah. somebody might be beatboxing, somebody might be drumming. It's, it's like, it's just a coming together and jam. So I think the format of the evening would be a 10 o'clock warm up, which people can join in with. But then from half 10 to 11, we'll work out, we will then create a space where people can just start 
doing circus to live music live music and so where does the piano come in is it piano we have a piano okay you have (laughs) we have a piano and we're going to hire some musicians to um to basically jam it's a lovely program because it is kind of audience facing obviously but also performer facing a little bit as well that's a kind of a nice balance isn't it like there's the street program so lots of free stuff yeah some industry things just enough ticketed shows as well they look incredible. They're absolutely amazing. Are you proud of the program? Yeah. And I think this is something that I have to kind of acknowledge and I'm proud of is that by touring the world for the last 10 years, I've met really cool people who I get along with and I can go, hey, do you want to come to Cork? Any festival that I've gone to in the past, the ones that are really good are usually ones that are organized by people who used to perform. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. As yeah. opposed to somebody who's gone, here's a niche in the market that I can fill by running a festival and get like sponsorship from somebody like Leia Healthcare. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, when they changed the name of the World Street Performance Championships, which makes a great deal of sense to a human brain, you get that into your head, you know what that means to the Leia Healthcare City Spectacular. Well, Which it's, is a virtually meaningless phrase. I was like, this doesn't say anything. I'd be anyone. getting mentorship on sponsorship at the moment. And <laughs> yeah. basically AIB, when obviously they, they lost AIB. So they looked for a headline sponsor. Yeah. And I suppose when you change your headline sponsor, you need to make sure that they're as happy as they can be. And they didn't want the competition. They Com- didn't want the competition yeah. anymore. Yeah. And but you guys won that competition. The last year it was as a championship, so you're so you are reigning, the remaining reigning, reigning champion yeah, since yeah. when? Two thousand and thirteen. <laughs> Soon it'll be ten years. Yeah. You yeah. you must have a uh, I've been going in I've been um Lords of Strud have been banking with Ulster Bank for ages and I had to we're gonna go with AIB. I was in there opening an account there recently and she was like, there was something that we did and I was like, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's me here now, so I'm gonna say, I'm going, to, I'm going to start hassling them for uh, some sponsorship for Pitch next, you know. <laughs> it's a great festival. What do you want to happen to it in the future? Is it going to grow? Um, this is the fifth year of it. Raising circus by bringing high quality circus to Cork and developing the audience in Cork. That's a part of our remit, mm. you know. So Pitch does that. But we'd like to do it year round. So there are newer and newer circus and street arts artists in, Co- in, in Ireland. But where do they get to showcase their work? Or be put on a big stage? Because when I first started... I was doing crappy little fairs and you'd have to make them work. But sometimes you'd be like, I hope nobody saw that. (laughs) But then sometimes if I got put on a really good stage, you'd blossom, Mm. you know? So that's what I'd I'd hope the pitch would be a key point calendar on the circus and street arts agenda for Ireland. Ambitious. (laughs) It's all very, very serious stuff. If you could distill it down to one thing, what is it that you love about circus? Not only as a performer, but you know, in this situation where you're booking people and interacting with other performers, what keeps you going? What's the beautiful, wonderful thing about it? Circus is exciting. Uh, so the movement of it, the um, uh, guy that taught me in circus school, a guy called Jay Gilligan, he's the professor of juggling in, um, in Sweden. And he did this mad show in New York and I watched it, I streamed it. And it was called Unraveling 4,000 Years of Juggling. He's like, he's making up weird new juggling items. And he pulled apart juggling, essentially. And it was like, juggling, oh, I might have got this wrong. Juggling is space-time meeting. 
So if you've got a ball traveling through the air, it'll pass through this space, and if your hand doesn't meet it at that time, it falls. So even with juggling, even though it's not hugely dangerous, it may go wrong. And now he was trying to say that in the juggling, it's that every throw, he does not matter if it drops, because the thing is, every you can't control every moment. Most I've seen it in that's a few juggling shows. That's really cool, actually. It's, it probably is the appeal. It's the potential for uncontrollable moments and yeah. things not being perfect and, and, and like we see somebody flying through the air or whatever it's kind of could be physically dangerous but you never do anything that you haven't trained really well like so circus is exciting for that like even the juggling it's that kind of excitement that go it you might miss it you know they might miss it it might fall and then what do you what do you do with that then and then with street theater i think it's a very accessible form let's hugely it's so accessible that's and even for me, learning my craft, that was the point. Nobody really stopped me going out in the street and just doing it. I mean, there was one cop who was a complete trying, threatening me with uh, uh, vagrancy laws and stuff like that and causing obstructions, you know, but that was, I think it was only one or two Christmases in the early noughties. But yeah, well, just do it. Yeah. I think that's the appeal of traditional circuses as well. A couple of years ago, we went, it was the Circus Vegas or something, and I went into it and I looked around and I went, all of these people would be would, could be classed lower class because the tickets are quite cheap and it's not highbrow, but it is exciting and you can bring your whole family.